because you won't want to miss what's coming. Oh, there's an announcement that I forgot to make earlier. <laughs> and that is that uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, it is 6 o'clock, isn't it? Yes. At 6 o'clock, we have a, a gathering tonight called Encounter. And the reason for that is that not only do we encounter one another in love, but we seek to encounter the living God as we do here in the mornings. But it's in a slightly different um, atmosphere. And so you're very welcome to come and join tonight. And Corey, who's speaking this morning with prepared notes based upon what the Holy Spirit's been saying to him, tonight is going to go noteless. It's true. He's going to share his testimony tonight, I believe. Is that right? So you're all welcome tonight after this morning. But right now, I just want to ask Corey to come up and we'll pray for him and pray for you that what he says the Holy Spirit will deliver. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for Corey. Father, we thank you that you are a God who never gives up on us. And Lord, you never give up on 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 squeezing our heart with love and I thank you that you've done that with Corey over the years and you continue to do it and Lord you continue to amaze us with your revelation and I thank you that you've given a revelation to Corey of what you want him to share today so Holy Spirit be faithful to the Father's heart towards what Corey has prepared and Lord change our hearts to be open fully open Lord to receive what your word would want to bring today as life from you. Life and freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you, bro. Thanks, Dave. Um, just want to honour you, Dave. I just, I just love the, the um, patriarchness of Dave that he brings. He does. He brings a, it, of the Vineyard Australia. You are a patriarch of Vineyard Australia, mate. And we, we love and appreciate it. We're so lucky to have you guys here as a couple. We really are. You're in that patriarch as well, <laughs> Carol. Love you guys. In, all, in on a total loving way, I say that. Yeah. Um, I just want to do a, a little bit of an ad for tonight. Um, when I, I didn't actually realise that I was double booked on the same day. There's two completely different rosters for um, morning and night service. And um, once I realised that I had it, I was like, so, and I, I, I told a few of the leadership team and they're like, well, that's all right, Corey, do the same message. And I was like, no, actually, I've actually got something really quite clear for Sunday night. And I just want to mention, I am telling my testimony, but it's the testimony of how I came to know Jesus. And as a bit of a hook for those of you that are here this morning who don't often get out at night, can I just, there's a little hook I want to give you for tonight. Um, many at school when I was a teenager said I was destined for prison. That's how wild I was. And tonight I'll tell you whether or not I went to prison. <laughs> All right? So some of you might believe by looking at me that I might have done. So we'll see. Well, actually, I'll let you know. And I think some people are like, yeah, you did. Want to hear how you got out. Um, so that's tonight, the hook for tonight. But can I tell you, if you have a friend who doesn't know Jesus or is seeking Jesus, can I encourage you to bring them along tonight? Because I promise that I will have a gospel message with that, that um, they will have an opportunity to respond to that and the love of Jesus and how awesome he is in, has been in my life as well. All right, so I'm just going to pray for us. Um, I'm really... 
I have to say, today's been a bit of a journey. Um, the message the Lord laid on my heart and my wife's heart for this morning um, has probably been a little bit of the journey I've been through in recent time. And um, even this morning during that amazing worship, God was still doing a work in me. I was just in tears during that worship set this morning. So thank you, worship team. That was just, oh, killer good. Anyway, on with it, Corey. I just want to pray. So, Father God, I want to thank you and praise you for who you are and your love for us. Thank you for Jesus. And right now, we just declare your awesomeness over this building, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus, we bind the enemy over each and every person in this room right now. Lord, would you just bind the enemy in Jesus' name so that their ears can hear and their eyes can see how awesome you are. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, cool. I, um, we can probably start now, guys, but um, I've just... Get the first slide up. So tonight, uh, this morning, <laughs> I'm already confused. Look at that. This morning's topic is about spiritual freedom. And um, you can see that that Bible verse there very clearly kind of describes where we should be at. Have a read of it. Because this morning, the Lord has given me a picture that he wanted to share with you guys as I was preparing the message. And um, I was like, are you sure you want me to share it? And the Lord said, yes, there are people in this room. This is, this is a month ago. There are people going to be in this room that this is a message directly for. So I'll share it to you. Um, I could feel a really dark room. I could sense it. And like, you are a person who feels that you're trapped and all alone in this dark room. It's cold and damp. And I could feel your un happiness and your loneliness of it all. I had a sense that you felt completely disabled, this inability to do anything. Then I had a slight change of view of this. It was one of the Father God. He was quite near, not far. He was just outside of this box that you were in. And he was full of fatherly love and sadness. And I know as I was getting this picture, it had me to start to cry. He could see you holding on to all of these things like you were just pulling them in. They all seemed so important to you, but to him they were simply dark shapes that had the appearance of demonics around them. I'll say that again. You were holding on to them, but they had an appearance of demonic forms, and they were trapping you into your dark room. That room was created by you. Around the outside of this dark shape was full of bright light, a full rainbow spectrum of light. It was quite amazing. The light was Jesus, and he was hovering around you. And what looked like a, a, an army of angels trying to get through to you and be with you because you were holding on to these dark shapes, but you were holding on to them so they could not get through. It was your choice. And I could just see this faintest of light coming from your core, like just the last, you were just holding on to this. Like it was, it was almost like you knew God, you knew all of this stuff about God, and yet you were just holding on to the love of the Father. It's like, to me, it was like the Holy Spirit was just this flicker still hovering inside of you. So if that is you today, I think this message is for you. If it's not you today, cool, I still hope the message is for you. 
because I think there's freedom in this. But I feel that that was a very specific thing that the Lord wanted to talk about. Um, I'll, I'll go on to the next slide. So I want to talk about the steps of spiritual freedom. So if you feel like you're in that, in that place or you struggle with some spiritual freedom, I want to go through seven steps. And the first one is actually know your opponent. Did you know that we're at war? Did you even know that we are at war? Full cap locks in that. We are at war. The daily, because we are Christians specifically, we are under attack. And it's not necessarily the people around you that are attacking you. But you must know that you are at war. If we go to the next slide, there's a couple of really good scripture verses there. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Started right way back. The war started right way back there. The moment God created beings in his image, that's us, man and woman, the enemy wanted to tear that down and remove our relationship from him. The moment that happened. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you belong to the father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth in him. Where he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus was really clear, really clear. He is the father of lies. And you see that in the Garden of Eden straight away, bam, with a lie. I considered for the image for this one, rather than a punching um, gloves, was a picture of the enemy. And um, <laughs> I heard the father say really clearly to me, Corey, it's not worth it. Don't give him the honor. Don't give him the glory. Okay, don't elevate him to any place of imagery. That's what today's message is all about. He has no elevation, but you need to know who he is because he does come to rob, steal, and destroy. Um, Jesus says it really well. In this world, you will have trouble. The reason for that is because this world is controlled by the enemy. This is his world, and we, <laughs> we're here to break through that. We're here to be the change agents to that, the hope bringers. But if we're stuck in spiritual bondage, we cannot operate in that way. It's really hard to operate in that way. I want to read you, um, this is a, if you're ever struggling with spiritual freedom, this is a great book. Um, we've actually done uh, small groups on this and set, the amount of freedom that can come from this book is exceptional and I encourage anybody, it's called The Bondage Breaker, Neil T. And Neil T. Anderson. Simply brilliant book. Um, you can do self-deliverance, basically, through this book. But I want to read you a page from, from inside it that gives a, just such a good description. Um, here you guys. One of the most common attitudes I've discovered in Christians, and get this, even amongst pastors, church leaders, their wives and children, is a, a deep-seated sense of self-depreciation. I've heard them say, I am not important, I'm not qualified, I'm no good. Isn't that sad? I'm amazed at how many Christians are paralyzed in their witness and pro 
productivity by thoughts and feelings of inferiority and worthlessness. I've been there. Next to temptation, the most frequent and insistent attacks from Satan to which we are vulnerable is accusation. By faith, we have entered into an eternal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As a result, we are dead to sin and alive to the Lord. And we now sit with Christ in the heavenlies. In Christ, we are important. Did you get that? In Christ, we're important. In Christ, we're qualified. And in Christ, this is the big one, we are loved. And man, we sung that over and over this morning. Believe it. Satan can do, hear this, absolutely nothing to alter our position in Christ and our worth to God. But he can render us virtually inoperative if he can deceive us into listening to and believing his insidious lies, accusing us of being very little value to God and other people. Satan often used temptation and accusations as a brutal one-two punch. We need to talk about this. It's really important to understand the enemy. He tempts us by saying, why don't you try it? Everybody does it. Besides, you can get away with it. Who's going to know? Heard those things before? I have. As soon as we fall for his temptation line, he changes his tune to accusation. What kind of Christian are you? You're a pitiful excuse for the child of God. Know the enemy. Do you know who's against you? It's not your bossy co-worker. It's not the person spreading gossip about you at work. And it's not the person who stole your idea. It's the ancient enemy of humanity. Since the Garden of Eden, he's the devil. The Bible reminds us that his battle, this battle is not, and I'll repeat, not people-based. It's spiritual. Identify your opponent his strategies and tactics, and be empowered through the Holy Spirit to thwart them. If you're alive and breathing, listen to this one, if you're alive and breathing, we will, you will have trouble in this world. Jesus just said it, yeah? Either you will hunt the enemy, or the enemy will hunt you. This trouble is a hundredfold more for us if we were a Christian. Why? Because those that don't know Jesus are already doing his stuff. The moment we say yes to Jesus, he wants to shut us down. There is no escaping it, but fear not, because here comes point two. Oops, still point one there, is it? Ah, cool. Thanks, Ezra. Uh, thanks, Eli. All right. Know your God. Point two. Jesus said all power and authority is his. So if you are in Christ, guess what? You're on the winning side. On the winning side. The moment Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God, his blood covers everything for us. This shirt, I love this shirt, is such a statement of truth over our lives. Religion likes to tie us down, but Jesus is the freedom bringer. All right? We fall into religious activity all the time. I'm still guilty of it. We fall into it all of the time, but Jesus is the freedom bringer. We need to live in that freedom that Jesus brings. But many of us who are Jesus, who know Jesus, no, we're not Jesus. Many of us who know Jesus are not willing or not able to walk in the power and authority that Jesus 
bought through his death. We just, we just struggle to do it. Let the revelation of his victory soak into your faith and cause you to operate from a winning stance point. So how do we do this? Hopefully I can show this up on the next slide. How do we do this? I really like this piece of scripture. It's in Zechariah. Old Testament, but it's so true. It's pointing to Jesus, this piece of scripture. This is my understanding of it anyway. All right, I'll read it to you. He showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and so Satan, which, I, which I've put in lower caps, all right, standing at his right side, accusing him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. It is not a brand plucked, is not a brand plucked from the fire. Now Joshua was clothed, clothed in filthy garments and standing before the angel. On a daily basis, lots of, lots of, lots of um, theological debate talks about the enemy, and in Job it happens. Satan goes to God, and he basically implores that you are worthless. And this is a picture of this. It's basically where we've got Zachariah standing before God in dirty clothes, covered in the sin of the world, covered in the sin of what's going on around him. And yet we have the accuser there, kind of like a courtroom. God's the judge, and we've got the, you know, what's, what's the name of the, the barrister who's accusing you? Prosecutor. Satan's the prosecutor. And then we have the defense lawyer, who is Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, it's already been bought and paid for. All right, and you can see there that the father, okay, he basically tells Satan to go away. It's done, done and dusted, okay, done and dusted. It's all over. We don't have to listen or fall under the lies of the enemy. It's real simple. Um, Daily we fight an unseen enemy. He is the father of lies, and since man was created, we have been at war with him. But the truth is the battle is already won. We've got to believe that stance point. We have to accept it. If we don't get points one and two, we won't move into spiritual freedom in our lives. We've got to get through those two. The battle is already won. So many people I talk to talk about this wrestle of the cosmos between God and Satan. There is no wrestle. There is no wrestle. Satan has been defeated. Okay, we have the freedom. Believe it. All right, next slide. This is a little bit more of still knowing your God. So Jesus, he changed everything. And I love this photo because it took me a while to actually get this. I love this photo. And I'll let you read those scriptures and let them soak into you as I just talk through it. But, you know, the book of Ephesians, oh, my goodness. The book of Ephesians shares the inheritance that God has prepared for you and the rich blessings. If you are struggling through the things that are going on in your life, read the book of Ephesians. It's like a declaration over your life of how much God loves you. But this image to me is Father God giving me a big hug. Because another lie we often listen to is God's this really big deity out there, doesn't have time for us and doesn't love us that much. He's remote and too busy for all of our little problems. It is not true. 
And I um, had a really big revelation of this. We went, to, we went to some good friends of ours, Terry and Monica. Some of you know Terry and Monica. Lovely folk. Um, have been part of this church for years. And um, we went there to actually do some ministry because Lainey was struggling through a couple of things at the time. And uh, maybe pretty common. It turned out to be all about me and some, some, <laughs> some deliverance for me. Funnily enough, and um, been pretty broken lad, so no surprises there. I had this amazing revelation of how much Father God loved me. Brought me to tears. Um, to me, even though I knew the truth that God was close, I didn't believe it. All of my prayer and everything was through Jesus, not through the Father. So I've included this fatherly image for you because... Oh my goodness, when you get how much the Father loves you, He sent His Son to die for you, each and every one of you in this room. When you get that, it just, it just destroyed me emotionally with the love of God. It was just the most amazing moment for me. It's like this gift that we've been given with our name on it, yet we just haven't opened it yet. Understanding the Father's love for us. Okay, we've got, these, we've got these gifts that live in the spiritual realm where no man can touch. Spiritual warfare and strongholds are designed to keep you, hear me on this, they're designed to keep you from accessing your spiritual gifts and your heavenly rights and keep you spiritually bound. All right, know your God. He loves you, madly, deeply loves you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they love you. All right, I better get on to point three. Here we go. All right. This next one. Get connected. Oh. Now, you might have noticed, actually. Um, I don't know if you've ever been here, but I know I've been here. When you're struggling through something, you kind of want to pull away. You kind of want to pull away from others around you. And as an extrovert, even I do that. Um, you know, when we're hurt and we like to vent at others, we become quite toxic. Um, and we don't want folk around. And it's kind of, they kind of come together because folk kind of don't want to be around you either because you're so toxic, if that makes sense. It's kind of a, an oxymoron in there, I know. But um, so we stay away from groups and, and church and those Christian friends who might challenge us. But honestly, we need to get connected relationally with regu believers regularly. Um, just to break things up and the intensity of it, I thought I'd, I thought I'd, I'm going to sh show you a funny video. So check out this video. It's, it's all done in jest, but check it out. Yeah. But um, as much as we laugh, there's a little bit of truth in it, isn't there? I, you know, I love this church. The one thing that I, I came in pretty broken, <laughs> burnt out on religion, actually, um, and it's something that I know that Dave started here is, that, you know, giving each other a hug. We do get to the root of things here. You know, you can't hang out at the vineyard for too long without getting deep. But there is something that breaks my heart a little bit about us as a family. And it's um, how many of us are actually in small groups or kinship groups? Uh, I know the world's busy. And I know at the moment I'm currently, I'm sort of in one, but not really. And we're working on that at the moment. We're talking with a couple of people about that right now. But um, put your hand up if you're like me and you're currently not in a small group that meets regularly. Put your hand up if that's you. Have a look around, folk. 
we could be meeting regularly with some of these other people with their hands up. Pretty simple, pretty simple. And you go deeper in life and you've got more time to deal with things that we should be dealing with. And you know, when you're going through tough times, when you're going through tough times, those folk are there for you. They're, they're legit there. If it's people from this place, you're going to be there for each other, yeah? And um, plug yourself in. Um, can I encourage you, if, if you did put your hand up and you're challenged right now, can you put your name on the back of that little form that's in your thing? It says on the back of there, I'd like to join a kinship group. Give that to me and I'll pass that on to Trent. We're also looking for people to lead kinship groups, not going to lie to you. But, you know, you don't need much to lead a kinship group. You just need a house, a bit of food, and maybe just read a little bit. But before you know it, you're unpacking stuff, all right? Okay? All right, you're unpacking stuff, and you're doing, you're doing small groups. You're doing kinship. You're making, you're making journey. Can I just... You know, the past 18 months, I've been through, well, David in the Valley time. I don't know why. Maybe it's midlife crisis. I cannot explain why my headspace has been so dark over the last 18 months. And I feel like I'm coming out of it now. Thank you, Lord. Absolutely. Amen. And maybe that's why I'm sharing this. It's part testimony too, yeah? But hopefully it's good for you. You know, but while I was in that place, good men from this place and women have taken their time out to spend with me and to just try and unpack and help me walk through that in the group setting. You know, they've loved on me. And I pray that that's the story for you as well. But do not let the enemy talk you out of meeting regularly. Busyness of the world is not a good enough reason to not hang out together. Okay, the temptation is always to run away, pull away, get away from it all. But I want to encourage you. You know, the, small ch- the, the early church, written up there in Acts 2, you know, they met together daily. Daily. I don't have time for daily. Be awesome. Gee, it'd be awesome. Maybe we should go back to that. Because have a look at what finishes in there. And daily the Lord was adding to their number who was being saved. I think I've got two dailies in there by mistake. Daily adding to their number. That's how switched on and on fire and walking in the spirit and freedom spiritually with God they were. Daily adding to their number. All right. Come on, Corey. Keep moving. All right, number four. Get help. Um, This is a massive one, folks. It really is. And, you know, for me, the last 18 months, I've now understood how massive this is. When you get yourself in a dark spot, sometimes those meetings with friends don't necessarily help. You feel a little bit like Job being attacked. A little bit. Or you're just feeling like, you know, coming out the front week in, week out and getting prayer for the same thing is just not cutting through it. All right. You know when we need physical healing, we'll come out the front and we'll get God to have a crack at it. Well, I hope that's the case. You know, if you've got a broken leg, you might come out the front and hope God's got something to do with it. But I bet you any money, you've probably been to the doctor and put a cast on it first. Do you know what I'm saying? Physically, we'll often go to the doctor for a cold, but we'll also seek prayer. Why don't we do it when it's our mental health? There's this perceived thing in Australia where you're weak. I don't know what it is about us going and getting some, some help mentally. And... Um, 
I know when I went and had some, you know, I went on a mental health plan last year. And people were probably like, really? Yeah, I did. Because I was just struggling with my head and I needed to go and get some help. I only took two or three sessions with my counsellor, psychologist, sorry. And I was fine. I just, needed, I just needed someone from the outside to sit down with me and analyse some basic things that were going on in my life. Can I encourage you, please, go and get some help. Now, there are some wonderful, you ask any of the leaders in the leadership team, there are some wonderful psychologists and counsellors in our area. Professional. The whole way, legit, totally. There's nothing, I, I grew up, in the church I grew up in, basically, to go and see a psychologist, you're going to go and have a meeting with the devil. It was not done. You do not let a psychologist mess with your head. There are wonderful Christian psychologists out there who can help you through this stuff, all right? So, I just want to just emphasize that. Go and get some help. Don't keep sitting under that week in, week out and, and feeling the pressure of that to, um, to knock you about. It really has assisted me greatly, and I'm sure um, those that are close will attest to that in my life. All right. I'm going to go on to number five. I love Homer Simpson. You know what I love about the Simpsons? They mock the church so much. I actually really like that because they're actually poking a stick at our religiosity. Boom, boom. And I reckon the church hates it because they're like, yeah, we're called out on this. We get quite upset. Now, I remember this episode really, really well, and I couldn't grab the YouTube video of it, sorry. Capture every thought. It's a huge one, and... um. Neil T. Anderson sort of taught me that one a few years ago myself. The enemy, he's tricky, you know. He's the, the father of lies and he's always doing this. He's always at us. It's non-stop. And it will be until we go up to be with Jesus, part of living in this world. He is non-stop in our ear trying to speak lies to us. And for us... We're called to capture every one of those little thoughts that come into our head and weigh them up with the truths of God. If we don't know the truths of God, that is generally found in the Bible or meeting in a small group or coming to church and being around the fellowship of believers, we are prone to attack from the enemy and living spiritually poor. The truths of God please hear this, they carry the power of the kingdom of God. They carry the power to break through the darkness and snap it off you in an instant. And I'm guilty of listening to some of these lies, trust me. I wouldn't have gone through the last 18 months if I wasn't. Okay, and I'm sure there's so many people that have. If you're in that right now, be encouraged. Keep hanging on. All right, capture those thoughts. And I'm going to talk a little bit in a minute about what we do with those as well but you basically got to shut them down and declare the goodness of God over you okay one of the most power I've written this down one this is one of the most powerful weapons against pulling down the strongholds right because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and also a person thinks so they are so the moment we turn that thought that comes in and we talk about the truth of God over our lives and we speak that out, it just shuts down the enemy. So change your thoughts, change your words, and God's power will automatically 
change your life and what's going on around it. It's true, I can attest to that. Change your thoughts, change your words, capture them as they come in, change how you deal with them and think about those thoughts coming on in. All right, I'm going to move on to number six. You know, when I first became a Christian, I was pretty fired up, wanted to tell everyone about Jesus because he was pretty cool. But I'll tell you a bit more about that tonight, all right? Another hook. (laughs) Well, I might have done it in prison. You never know. Maybe. Yeah? Woo! Dave shared that, and it's funny because the bit you shared is in my next slide <laughs> already as well. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God's on this. God is on what's going on this morning. Can I tell you, if you are sitting there going, oh, this is a little uncomfortable, it's because God wants to deal with it in your life. Can I tell you, He wants to break this crap off you. You're free of this. You don't have to live in this crap. You don't. You really don't. Okay? You know, Jesus could zap us right now. The moment we say yes to Jesus, He could zap us and take us to heaven. He could. That'd be pretty nice. But what about the poor rest of the broken world that's around us? Hello. So often, we want to withdraw into our happy, clappy little club. That's this morning, by the way. I call this morning a bit like a happy, clappy club. And that's, that's the end of our church life. Our ch- Jesus happens Sunday morning. That's it. If that's you, this is happy, clappy club. Okay? We've got to make daily choices when we walk around the world ruled by the enemy. We must make daily choices. Um, Neil Anderson describes it really, really well in Bondage Breaker. He talks about a street. And, you know, daily life is like walking down a street. And there's all these doorways to our left and our right. And they're open. And some of them have big neon signs. Come on in. Have a party. You. And they look appealing. Some of them are places where there's brokenness and it looks messy and untidy. And we walk past those as well. Every day we make decisions on what we spend our time and energy on. Every day. This is Jesus' prayer for us. This is Jesus' prayer for us. Isn't that amazing? My prayer is that you, that you, that you take them... Uh, is that, is, oh, I'm going to say it again. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus has already got us covered for protection. You hear that? Please hear that. Jesus has us covered in the blood protection. He sends his angels daily to walk beside us. We need to to realize we are protected. That lie from the enemy is rubbish. You are protected. Believe it, please. I'm going to go to the next slide, um, Eli. Don't waste your time on useless work. This is what you're talking about, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. God, a little bit of this is what was given to the prayer team yesterday. So God's on this, all right? Don't waste your time on useless work. This is me. I do this a lot. I'm really bad at this. Mere busy work. The barren pursuits of darkness. Expose those things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see how attractive they look in the light. If you feel crap about yourself, sorry if that word grates with you, if you feel horrible about yourself, think about that one. 
how attractive you look in the light of Christ. But here's, have a read of the next one. Have a read of what that says. I think this is a word for us this morning, church. If it was given to our prayer team yesterday. Whew. I'm going to read it over you guys. <laughs> you ready? Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. Wake up. That's for all of us in this room. We can all be walking the more of that. So be, be in the world but not of it. It's a hard one to walk through because there's all of these distractions that want to pull us to the side and bring about death. Um, my wife will often say, why are you watching that TV show, Corey? That's not good for you. Not good for your spiritual health. She's right. She's right. I still want to watch it. But she's right. It's a waste of time. I can spend hours watching a TV show that's completely waste, useless for my health spiritually. Wake up. I'm feeling challenged by that one myself, just quietly. All right. Let's go on to number seven. This is where we're going to do some business, folks. We're going to do some business very soon. We're getting to the pointy end of what I want to bring this morning. The open mic is really clear because we need to speak things out. Quite often we are a little bit mummified. We don't say anything. We need to declare the one thing that smashes the enemy in his tracks time and time and time again is when we declare the truth of God over our own lives. We need to declare, decree, and establish the authority of God's word in our life over the negative spiritual influences that smash us around. So, to my favorite declaration from movies, just to give it a, a little bit of lightness from the intensity that I'm going with here, I'm going to. Can you click the next um, bit of video for me? Because I love this bit of video. Oh. Absolutely. Bang on. That is what we tell the devil. That is what we tell the devil. You know, you see the couple of the other Scotsmen sitting to the side there? <laughs> They're all like, nah. They're not happy because there's others declaring the freedom. They're prepared to step it up and take it. So I've, I've um, actually chucked a few things straight out of the bondage breaker. This is just a snippet of the freedom that's in this book, folks. Can I tell you, we've given this book away a lot on loan and it never comes back because people lose it. The devil does not want you to read this book. Can I tell you now, the devil does not want you to read this book. That's how much freedom's in it. That's how much freedom is in that book. Um, anyway, stay on track, Corey. I want you to have a read of those things up there, folks. Does any of those apply to you? And I'm talking about the lie about your Father God. And I'm targeting Father God today. But if you need to insert Jesus or Holy Spirit, you do that. Depends on where your relationship is tied in with your walk with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, or with the Father God. Have a read through it. Do any of those, maybe three or four, like me, apply?
You know, it's really important knowing the Word of God and how it speaks truth and freedom into our lives. You notice every lie that's over there on the left-hand side of the screen for you guys is counted on the right-hand side over there by a Word of God. The Bible has a counter for every lie of the enemy. It's almost like it was pre-scripted and the, Bible's, the enemy's just trying to run around making it up. He's got nothing new, the enemy. And yet there's a counter for every single lie he wants to sow into your life. You know, if you're not a keen reader and you don't want to read this bondage breaker book, can you get around folk that are? Join a small group. Even read your Bible using the play option. You know, that, that Bible app, there's a play option and you can listen to it. Can I tell you, the message is killer good. It's killer good to listen to on that Bible app. The others are a bit weird. I'm not going to lie, but the message, it's rich. It's life-bringing. This stuff up here is the foundation stone. The stuff up here on the right-hand side is the foundation stone. The truths of who we are as Jesus followers. It's front and center of our lives, and if it's not, we're walking in quicksand. We're not, we're not built on the foundation of the rock. We literally are walking in quicksand. We feel like we're sinking all of the time, or we're getting tossed and turned in the raging waters of just life. Hand up if any of those up there applies to you. Put your hand up. Be bold if it applies to you at all. If there's nothing up there that applies to you, so there's a couple of you. Yep, cool. Thank you. Appreciate that, guys. Here's what I want us to do. Because this is about us declaring the truth over our lives and renouncing the lies over our lives. So it's going to be a little messy, folks, because I'm sure there's different ones for everybody here. But I'm going to let you guys declare, uh, renounce and then declare at the same time. So at your own pace but I want you to say it out aloud. William Wallace-like, yeah? William Wallace-like, like you're actually victorious, not, oh, let's clear this over my line. The enemy, he loves, he loves us when we're mumbles because there's actually no declaration in that. I'm asking you to be bold. So if any of these over here, please have a look at it. If any of those apply for you, I want you to renounce it. So you say the bit at the top. I renounce the lie that my father God is, right? And I'm gonna, I'll guide you in that in a minute. And then you declare the bit that goes with it. And if you've got three or four of them, just go for it. And I'm just going to wait till we've got some quiet in the room. You can stand up and you can, you can declare it to the heavens if you want to. You can stay sitting down. I don't mind how you do that. But I'm giving you the opportunity right now to deal with some junk in your life and cut it off. Be gone. In the name of Jesus. All right. Are you ready? All right, let's do this as a family. All right. I renounce. You ready? You've got to follow with me. You've got to do it together. All right. I renounce the lie that my Father God is. I joyfully accept the truth that my Father God is. <laughs> All of that. 
<laughs> he is all of that. Thanks, Dave. Amen. Well, that wasn't as messy and as loud as I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. God's dealing with it his way. All right. Just to close this out, we'll go with my last slide. Thanks. Thanks, Eli. Next slide. Yep. I've just listed seven. Like, seriously, <laughs> I had a different seven three days ago. <sighs> it was really hard to come up with this seven instead of giving you 38. Um, this is serious business, folks. And... Um, I know the pain that I've been through in the last 18 months for not walking in spiritual freedom and listening to the lies of the enemy. And I, don't, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. And so if you're walking through that right now and that's still something that you want dealt with, in a minute we're going we're gonna to do ministry time. Come out the front. Let's pray for that over you. Let's pray some spiritual freedom over your life. If that picture fitted you this morning and you were sitting there going, yeah, that fits me, can I say, please come out the front. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. And if I, if I miss praying for you because I didn't realize it, you'd like to pray for that too, Carol? Uh, I had a dream about a week and a half ago and I could see in this field of light, there was like a, a fence and it was the shape of a square. And all of a sudden, uh, people were all facing one way. And all of a sudden, the front and the two sides of the fence went. Whoo, and some people started to run out with joy. Others took a little longer. But I, I had a real sense that God has for us freedom. Freedom. So I think the dream goes with also the prayer yesterday and the word today. It's on the Father's heart. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Um, so if that's for you, um, come out the front. I'm sure there's, there's, there's still enough of us leaders here to pray for you, all right? Just don't be, don't be afraid that we can't pray for you. And, there, you know, you don't need to be a leader in this joint to pray for people. Can I tell you that? If you, if you know Jesus, you love Jesus, can you come out here and pray for people too? And, and be a part of that, that freedom bringing. Because we all get to play here. It's a vineyardism, but we all do get to play here. And it's the most awesome thing. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're dealing with some of this, come out and pray for someone and then turn around and get prayer for. Because it's, it's sometimes the greatest way to actually experience that freedom for yourself. Um, I'm going to go through. You're right, you can start, Gail, if you want to. That'd be lovely.